How do you transition? Okay, here we go. We're starting a brand new series. There's a uh, card in there. Uh, once you grab that out, take a peek at it because that's where we're going today and for the next seven Sundays. That's for you to remind you and for you to perhaps uh, invite a family member or friend who's uh, searching and they need to find uh, answers. We're all searching for something. And some folks are searching for trouble. Other folks are searching in the darkness right now. Uh, some of us are searching for love. I know lots of folks are looking for a sign, searching for uh, a miracle perhaps. Uh, some are searching for truth. Others of us are just searching for something to eat. And believe it or not, yeah, we know, we know. I just listed the titles for the next seven weeks, what we're searching for. We're all searching for something. Dan. How many of you are familiar with the Google? Can I see your hands? Yeah, the Google, yes. Uh, it is the number one search engine in the world by far. Uh, I understand that they control about 90% of all searches are Google searches. And I know they've been in uh, the news recently. They've had a, a rough time. But uh, if you type in a person's name or even a few words of a Bible verse, you know what the Google does, right? Bam! Uh, up pops pages and pages of results. Whatever you're searching for, the Google, they might not always have the right answer, but they'll give you lots of potential answers. In 1998, that's when Google launched. They, that's 20 years ago, it's not been that long the Google's been around. But anyway, 1998, about 500,000 searches per day. Today, 2018, 3.5 billion searches per day, which is interesting. There's about 1.1 active Google uh, accounts today. 1.1 billion people who regularly use the Google uh, which that works out to about three searches per day on average if you're a uh, Google user. 40,000 searches per second. 40,000, every second, 40,000 people are searching for answers to their questions, which tells me there's lots of people today who are searching for answers. They're searching for something. Sometimes they don't even know what they're searching for, but they're searching for something. Starting today, next seven weeks, we're going to be searching together in the Gospel of John. So 
Got your phone, take it out, go to the Gospel of John. If you've got your Bible, locate the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Today, we're going to look at some ordinary men searching for something to give their lives to. They were looking, actively looking for someone to believe in and follow. And that's what we're going to examine today. We're going to start in John chapter 1. We're going to slide all the way down to verse 35. We're going to read uh, through verse 46, but we're actually going to cover through verse 51. But we're going to stand and read out loud. What's interesting here is these men are searching and they're surprised Thank you. See, they're already ready to go. The one, the one that they're searching for is actually searching for them. So the rest of you now, if you're able, nice job. Nice job. Are you ready? Let's uh, read out loud together from God's book. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we want to come and see. We want to uh, search just like Andrew and Peter and Philip and Nathanael did here in John's Gospel. So Lord, thank you for calling and searching out them, but thank you even more for calling in searching out me and each and every one of my friends here in your church. Thank you for uh, searching for us and reaching us and drawing us to yourself. Thank you, Lord, for bringing the good news our way. The best news ever of the cross and the shed blood and that empty tomb. I suspect, Lord, there are some here, even today, who are still searching for something that's missing. Lord, I pray that even today, that's where their search will end. I pray, Lord, that today, that they might find the one who knows us best. We welcome you here today, Lord, in your church. 
Lord, would you come and take charge, rule and reign as king? And Lord, Lord, we ask that you might do that individually, personally. Lord, I'm asking that you might do that corporately as your church family. And all the family of Christ gathered in your church today in Walloon said with one united voice, I'm going to go back a few verses. We didn't read this one, but it relates to verse 35, which is the first one we read. Uh, John 1.29 says, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. <laughs> That's what John said. When he, when he sees Jesus and he's got his disciples, John the Baptist had a group of people following him, and then he sees Jesus. First thing he says is, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Referring back to Genesis 22. Remember Abraham and Isaac and they went up and they were going to sacrifice and they didn't have a lamb and then the Lord provides the lamb looking forward to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Referencing back to Isaiah 53 verses 6 and 7 you have that the innocent lamb, we know that to be Jesus slaughtered on the cross at Calvary. And then verse 35. So you've got, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then John 1.35, look, the Lamb of God. Again, they can fill in the rest. They get it. This is the Lamb of God. Here's what we need to know right from the beginning. We never find the biblical Jesus until we find Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, that's where it begins. We find Jesus. The search ends. We find Jesus when we realize He is indeed the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the entire world as the only one who takes away Jeff's sin. You understand that? You've got to personalize it. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away Jeff's sin. Now I want you to fill in, not with Jeff's sin, guess what I want you to fill in with? Your name, okay? So here, here's where we go, okay? We're going to fill it in. Uh, Jesus, the Lamb of God, as the only one who takes away, say your name, Jeff's sin, okay? Got it? Let's do that one more time. A few of you missed it, okay? Went way too fast for you. Okay, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away Jeff's sin. Okay, that's where it begins. The, the search begins when we finally understand, you know what? That's what it all, where it all starts with Jesus. Uh, the chief problem of you and me, the chief problem of all of humanity throughout all of history, what's our chief problem in, in our lives, in the world today? What's the chief problem? Say it loud at me, because I'm just telling you that it's not popular. And we have lots of No, it's an educational problem. No, it's a pollution problem. It's a political problem. We could keep going. It's an economic problem. No, it's a sin problem. It's a sin problem. John wants us to know that access to the living God requires the forgiveness of sin. If we're going to enter into relationship with a perfect, holy, righteous God, 
We've got to have some solution to our sin problem. The search for meaning and the purpose of life gets really serious when finally we realize the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world is none other than Jesus. None other than Jesus. Slide down. Verse 38. John continues as he writes. The first 37 verses uh, are words about Jesus of John. John 1, verse 37 verses. Now in verse 38, Jesus himself speaks for the first time in John's gospel. If you have a red letter uh, Bible where the words of Jesus that he spoke are in red, this is the first red in the gospel of John. Here we go, verse 38 Here's what Jesus says. Uh, Turning around, Jesus saw a couple of John's followers following, and here's the first words of Jesus. Ready? What do you you want? (laughs) What do you want? (laughs) What are you searching for, we might say? What are you looking for? So Jesus turns to them, and they've decided they're going to follow and search out Jesus, and he says, what do you want? Why are you following me? What are you looking for? And you'll look, verse 38, uh, they respond, um, Rabbi, which means teacher, uh, teacher, where are you staying? In other words, where's your base of operations? Jesus, where, where is the schoolroom that you teach out of? You understand? Where's the classroom where you gather your students. Where's the place of teaching? Verse 39, Jesus speaks again. Come, and you'll see. Come, come follow me, and uh, you're going to see where the classroom is. And and we're going to learn that there isn't just one place. Uh, Jesus makes everywhere he goes the classroom. So as you follow Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, everywhere they go will be the classroom. Jesus says, come, investigate me, follow me, draw close to me, and uh, start searching. I I invite you to come and draw close to me. And here's what you need to know. Give me your eyes. Jesus still is inviting us to investigate him. He still says, draw close, come, And you'll see, come, search, investigate for yourself. Check Jesus out for yourself. That's still the words and the invitation of Jesus. Here's a a little application, okay? Ready? Far too many of us rely on other people to investigate Jesus. Far too many of us... We'll we'll just rely on the words of our moms. My mom is a student of God's word, and I'll let my mom be my teacher and investigator. I'll let my grandpa, he's a godly man, he knows God's word well, I'll let him search and do the digging and the investigating. Uh, Maybe you're saying, "I'll, I'll even let you, Pastor Jeff, you do the digging You do the searching, and then you tell me what to believe about Jesus. 
We live in the day of power. I'll let Matt Chandler tell me. I'll let Andy Stanley tell me. I'll let James McDonald. I'll let Rick Warren. I could just keep going on. But the challenge is, no, you personally investigate Jesus. Dig into the book and you draw close and you discover who this Jesus really is. So I'm going to challenge you right now. You up for a challenge? Okay? Yep. Let's, let's pull our big boy and big girl panties on here for a second, okay? You ready? You ready for a little challenge? Um, will you begin, as we search, to start doing some digging for yourself? That's the healthy part of being a searcher. Jesus says, come and investigate me yourself. Don't, don't rely on someone else. You do it. And I can't think of a better place for a search than the Gospel of John. So, will you sometime in the next week, this isn't a big ask, will you sometime before next Sunday read chapter 1 and chapter 2 of John's Gospel? That's the challenge. Okay? Sometime... Before you get back here, even if you have to wait out in your car before you come in, oh yeah, I forgot, a uh, little speed reading in the parking lot, uh, sometime before next Sunday, yeah, I think I can handle, because we're going to be in chapter 2 next week, so you'll cover this Sunday what we covered in chapter 1, and then you'll be ready for next week, chapter 2. How many of you say, I, I think I could handle that challenge? Can I, can I see your hands? Yeah. Nice job. Nice job. Okay. Now, there's always some of you honor roll types. Okay. Some of you, I, is there any extra credit? Yes, there is, actually. Uh, for those of you who are super ambitious, are you ready? Uh, here we go. This will be a good one for you extra credit folk. Uh, how about you read John chapters 1 and 2 every day this next week? Okay. So that's like up in the ante quite a bit. So you can't just wait out in the parking lot and read it seven times. No, you're going, you're going to actually have to plan this into your schedule. And yeah, I, I think this would be a good search for me to begin. John chapter 1, John chapter 2. I'll start Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'll be ready to go next Sunday when I show up. How many of you super ambitious folks said, yeah, I'm up for that. I think I can handle that. Yeah, yeah, nice going, honor roll. Yeah, good going. Okay, now just so you know, that's how we're beginning next Sunday. I'm going to see who, who actually followed through, okay? So that's where we're starting next Sunday. Verse 39, we continue. So the first two followers of Jesus spend the day with him. It says uh, they spent till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And notice what they do after they come and spend the day with Jesus. This is kind of cool, okay? Slide down to verse 41. Andrew was one of the two. Who's the other one? Most scholars think it was the writer, John. Because usually when John writes, he stays anonymous. He says things like the one who Jesus loved, but he doesn't name himself. So probably the other one was John. Anyway, uh, Andrew was one of the two, and the very first thing, look at verse 41, that Andrew does is he finds his brother Pete. 
Okay? So Andrew has spent the day with Jesus investigating, searching, and then after he spent the day, he goes, finds Pete, his brother, and he says, Pete, you're not going to believe this. I found the Messiah. I found the Christ. You know, the one the Old Testament predicted was going to come? He's here, Pete. You're not going to believe it. Come. Come with me. You need to investigate for yourself, Pete. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Slide down to verse 42. Andrew brings his brother Peter to Jesus, and now Peter is very quickly convinced, and now he's investigating and searching, and now there's three people following Jesus. Tracking? Slide down to verse 43. It says, the next day, Jesus searches, and now Jesus finds the next disciple, this guy named Philip, and now there's four people following Jesus, okay? And, and, and now, verse 45, Philip is now a follower, and now the first thing Philip does is he finds Nathaniel. Likely, Nathaniel is, is the first name, and Bartholomew is the second. So if you want to get in, dig into that, it's kind of interesting. But anyway, he's probably the same person, Nathaniel. Uh, Bartholomew doesn't matter, but Philip finds him. Maybe that's his first and middle name, uh, Nathaniel Bartholomew. Um, so we don't know what the relationship between Philip and Nathaniel is. Maybe he's a relative, it doesn't say. Maybe he's a friend. Maybe he's a fellow fisherman. Here's what we know. He goes right up to him, Philip, and says, Hey, you're not going to believe this, Nathaniel, but we found the one that Moses and the prophets wrote about. All of the Old Testament was pointing to him. We've searched, we've found, we've investigated, and we know that he is the Messiah. He is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, son of Joseph. <laughs> and what, what, what does he say, Nathaniel, in response? Does anything, can anything good come from where? Nazareth, really? Why, why? Okay, give me your eyes. It's not that it was an awful town, but Nazareth was very close to the Roman city called Sepphoris. And we now know, they've discovered, archaeology, that there was lots and lots of work to be done in Sepphoris. Brand new city, built by the Romans. Well, the Jews hated the Romans. And anybody who worked for the Romans, you were traitors. You were no good. You were scum. And it seems lots and lots of the workers who worked in Sepphoris came from, any guesses? Nazareth. Those lousy Nazarenes. They go and they work for the enemies. They, they go and work for the Romans. Can anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, look at them. They cooperate with the enemies. Here's, here's the point. The news of Jesus, the best news ever, spreads and grows as one person searches and investigates and finds, you know what? This Jesus stuff is real. It's changing my life. And then I share that naturally with family and friends. Because how could I not share 
what Jesus has done in my life. Are you tracking? That, that's the way the news spreads about Jesus. Jesus, you investigate, you search, you find him, you find that he's real, that he changes your life, and then, of course, you're naturally going to share with family and friends. We search, we investigate, our lives are changed. Satisfied customers share freely about Jesus. Isn't that how it works in business? How do you grow a business best? Give me your eyes. Satisfied customers share with other people. That is a great business. How do churches grow? You ready? Best way for churches to grow is for us to say, you know what? Jesus has worked in my life, and he's working in that church to grow me and build me up and disciple me, and now I'm a satisfied customer, and you invite other people. Hey, that's a, that's a great place. Come and join us. Satisfied customers sharing freely about Jesus. Have you investigated the book for yourself yet? My challenge is this. This next seven weeks, you're going to start digging in for you and not relying on anyone else. Are you satisfied with Jesus? Has he changed your life already? Are you still a little iffy on that one? Final question. Are you ready to be a satisfied customer? What would a satisfied customer do? I'm going to share freely. Everywhere I go, I'm going to talk freely about what Jesus has done in my life. And I'm going to share freely with family and friends. Why wouldn't I? Just makes sense. Slide down to verse 50. Last two verses of chapter 1. John 1.50, Jesus said, You believe, Nathaniel, because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, and that just blows his mind. You're going to see even greater things than that. You, you, you think that's amazing because I saw you under the fig tree, but just hold on, Nathaniel. You ain't seen n -n -n nothing yet, verse 51. And then Jesus gives Nathaniel and gives us this amazing, vivid picture about his earthly ministry. This is kind of a cool picture. Uh, verse 51, Jesus then added, Very truly, I tell you, you're going to see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on who? Okay, give you another run at that, okay? Here we go. You're going to see heaven opened up, Jesus says, and you're going to see angels of God ascending and descending, it seems, on this staircase, on this ladder. And who are they ascending and descending on? Say it with me, the Son of Man. That's Jesus' favorite title or name for himself. 88 times in the New Testament emphasizes his humanity taking on human form. He's God, he's the second person of the Trinity, but he's also fully human. This is emphasizing his humanity. Now let's go back to verse 51, because what he says here is pretty wild. Jesus tells Nathaniel, Jesus is telling us, church at Walloon, if you search and investigate and find me, you're going to find that wherever I go, I am the focal point of eternity. Now just let that soak in. Because wherever I am, I am, Jesus saying, 
I am the lens, I am the crosshairs of what God the Father is wanting to accomplish on planet Earth. So wherever I'm going to go, you're going to see amazing, powerful stuff wherever I go. You're going to realize that I'm the ladder, that I'm the portal between heaven and earth. That's aimed directly at me. And I like this picture because you got the angels, but you also got the fallen angels, Satan's demonic legions, and they're both going to come together and be focused on Jesus, the Christ. Pretty cool stuff going on. Uh, follow me, Jesus says, and you're just going to see amazing things because he's basically saying, I am the focal point of what's happening here on planet Earth. I, I'm, I'm what it's all about. So hold on, Nathaniel. It's going to be pretty wild ride as you follow me. Similar to what Paul says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Important verses. I hope you got those underlined in your Bible. Um, For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. Give me your eyes. Jesus is the ladder between heaven and earth. Okay? Yeah? The, the, the ladder between heaven and earth, it has a bullseye, and its name is Jesus Christ. So, so if you think about heaven and, and, and all the activities in Revelation, uh, and then you got activity here on earth, what's that ladder between heaven and earth and his name? is Jesus Christ. I close with this true story. This comes from uh, staff writer Sarah Spain of ESPN. And uh, I'd encourage you, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to cover all the details. Way better if you uh, get on and, and look and read this. It's also uh, E60. They have their, uh, their uh, video thing if you're able to get that. This, this is an E60 story as well. But uh, this is uh, a man named Deland McCullough, 44 years old. He is right now the running backs coach of the University of Southern Cal Trojans. Uh, Deland McCullough was adopted and uh, he lived in Youngstown, Ohio, with his adoptive mother. That's his adoptive mother right here, Adele Comer. Uh, shortly after he was adopted, things went south in their marriage, and he never had a father figure growing up. He didn't have an adoptive father, and, and he never knew who his biological father was. At that time, they didn't allow you to know. Anyway. After his fourth child was born, DeLand was hungry to know, where did I come from? I never had an adoptive father, and I certainly don't know anything about my biological father. He was big and strong and intense and a big, deep, booming voice. He really wondered, where is all of this coming from? So he started doing a search for his biological father. He filled out the paperwork. Uh, 2017, he was able to actually do a search, and he filed the proper paperwork, and the files came back, 
and he found out his real born name was John Kenneth Briggs. And John Kenneth Briggs was born to his birth mother, Carol Denise Briggs. And he looked closely, no information about the father. Zero. Delane McCullough was a star football player. Track with me. He was recruited by dozens of colleges, but it was a visit by Coach Sherman Smith, the running backs coach at Miami of Ohio University, who finally got his attention. And he talks a lot about how he got his He was 16. He was coming into his senior year. Coach Sherman came and talked with him. He'd spent eight years in the NFL. He convinced DeLand to come and play for Miami of Ohio University. He played for Coach Smith, and he was mentored and worked under Coach Smith. Uh, DeLand set all-time school records uh, as a running back, 36 touchdowns, 4,368 yards rushing. Uh, he was uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, the NFL team. He was leading in preseason yards all of the other running backs uh, until a season-ending knee injury stopped his dream short. He got a little better, and then he had another knee issue, and then he had another knee issue, and pretty soon his pro football dreams were over. So he started coaching. Deland started, he went from coaching position, and now he's 44, and he's searching for his missing father that he never knew. So now he has the records. He knows who his biological mother really is. So a few days before Thanksgiving, 19, excuse me, 2017, he called Carol Briggs, his biological mother, on his birth certificate, and she said, yes. That is correct. I did have a baby on that day, and she did put that baby up for adoption. About five to six minutes into the conversation, he asked, well, I've been searching for you, and, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I really want to know who's my father. Never had a father. Carol hesitated. She said, I, I believe you have a right to know. Your father is Sherman Smith. Your father is Coach Smith. And Delane said, I had to lean against the wall because I thought I was going to pass out. Um, this is Deland and his biological father, Coach Smith, the man who recruited him at age 16, the man who was his coach and mentor for 28 years. Coach Smith had no idea that he had a son. No clue. There's a whole story there. Uh, but Carol had kept it a secret, and now suddenly he realizes this young man that he had recruited at 16, had mentored and had worked with as a coach for 28 years, was actually his biological son. McCullough says, after all these years of wondering and searching, now I know who I am. Now I know where I'm from. I've got the pieces of the story. I've got them now. And now I can move on with my life. True story. True story. 
Your heavenly Father is searching for you today. Your heavenly Father is on a search for you. And I know you might think, well, I'm searching. Well, he's actually the great searcher. And he is searching and inviting you. Would you please come and investigate the focal point of eternity? I've sent him for you. I invite you. I'm searching for you. And the way I invite you to search for me is to investigate my son, Jesus Christ. Is it time? Is it time for you to dig and investigate and search for yourself? I suspect a lot of us, we've been relying on other people. You, you dig, you investigate, you tell me what to believe. Is Jesus saying now it's time for you to dig in? For you to search. For you to start digging into God's word and discovering this Jesus the Christ for yourself. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for inviting us to search and dig and investigate who you are and what you're up to. Lord, if there are any here today who have yet to dig and search, Lord, would you give them a holy nudge and prompt to start digging for themselves? It's good, Lord, to have teachers and mentors. It's even better, Lord, for us to dig in and explore and search for ourselves. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts, soften, soften our, our, our wills, draw us, Lord, to yourself. Would you make us hungry to know you, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world? And as we close... I wonder if there's anybody who'd say, you know, I've been searching and uh, I'm ready to take you up on that challenge, Pastor Jeff. I'm ready to draw close and dig in and start investigating for myself who this Jesus is. I'm ready to start that hunt, to start that search. Anybody who'd say, even as we begin, see my hand. Pray for me even as I begin that investigation. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out, I promise. But I just, yeah. Who else is going to do some investigating? Yeah. Digging in for you. Not relying on someone else. Lord, help me to dig in for me. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that you still say, come. Come. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. And thank you, Lord, for getting us your word that can handle investigation, that can handle a search and us digging. Help us to dig well in this next week. Help us to become accomplished searchers of your word as we look for your son and what he's up to in our lives. Don't want to assume that we have the next week. If you're here today, you've never said yes to Jesus right where you're seated. Jesus, 
I'm ready to start with you. Jesus, I believe you are indeed the second person of the Trinity. You left the glory and the splendor of heaven. You took on human form, lived a sinless, without spot or blemish life. Therefore, Jesus, you alone qualified to take my place on that cross, to shed your blood for my greatest problem in life. I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe that. Right where you're seated. Add your faith to what we're saying right now. And Jesus, I believe you took my place in that tomb. And early on Sunday morning, Jesus, you didn't stay dead. You literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. You did that for me. And I begin my investigation, my search, Jesus, by choosing to follow you. Come, take charge. Work in and through me, even as I dig in, Lord. Help me to know you better in these weeks ahead. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray all these things.